Hello, you're listening to the Praxis 42 Health and Safety Made Simple podcast with me, Tom Moo. Each episode, we take a different topic, break it down, cut out the jargon and put it into plain English with the aim of making it easier to understand and easier to implement. Today, we're going to be looking at accidents in the workplace. Let's get stuck into it. What is health and safety management trying to do? Ultimately, we're trying to protect the health and well-being of our staff and those who could be affected by our work activities. But can we get it right all the time? Too often, we focus on the things we do right, but when things go wrong, it's commonly brushed under the carpet and people don't want to acknowledge, actually, I got it wrong. However, in getting it wrong, we get vital information that will enable us to get things right. Now, there's one industry that embraces this like no other, and that's the airline industry. All airline planes carry a black box recorder, and this is a reference point when things go wrong. It records what was said and what actions were taken by the crew, along with all the diagnostic information about the plane. And why do airlines take this approach? It's quite simple. They don't want to make the same mistake twice. Analysis of accident statistics, whether it be your own in-house stats or the national statistics, as we're going to look at today, will give you valuable information to allow you to improve or strengthen your health and safety management system. You need to embrace failure and learn from it. If you were to have an accident, the health of the injured party is paramount and there's no point can we put a monetary value on life. But the commercial costs of an accident should be examined. So what costs will we have to pay? Repairs, so this could be damaged equipment or premises. Insurance costs. Sick pay. Legal advice. Time of the staff involved in the investigation. Wages of temporary staff. Damaged reputation on business relationship. Fines from enforcement action and loss of productivity. The cost of an accident can soon add up. So let's break that cost down. Looking at the last set of full figures for 2019 2020, 38.8 million working days were lost at a cost of 16.2 billion to the UK economy. When we look at that 16.2 billion, approximately 3.5 billion was born to the employer. I'm no business expert. But industry cannot afford to keep losing 3.5 billion year on year. Interestingly, the employee was the biggest loser, losing around 9.5 billion through loss of pay. So it pays, literally, for employees to buy into health and safety in the workplace and ensure that it's working how it should. What I want to do now is look at workplace accident statistics and fatalities looking at the industries they occur in and how we can use these stats to better improve your health and safety system. I commonly hear statements such as the following when I'm out and about doing work. It's okay, it'll never happen to me. Or, I've done it this way for 20 years and never got hurt, why do I need to change now? Unfortunately, statistics don't lie and it does show that you can't afford to take a nonchalant attitude towards health and safety. In my experience, it's not a matter of if it may happen, but when it will happen. In 2020, 2021, 142 people lost their lives as a result of an accident at work. Now here's a question for you. Have you ever got up in the morning and gone to work and thought, I might not come home tonight? We don't, do we? We get up, we go to work, do our day's work and come home and put our feet up. But as the figures show, for some not so lucky people, this wasn't the case. So what type of accidents are causing these fatalities? In no particular order, here are the top four. Falls from height, so 
Can you imagine working from ladders or builders working from scaffolding, struck by vehicles or being trapped? And lastly, contact with machinery. Now, when we look at these work activities, it's easy to assume they're all related to high-risk activities and industries like construction or manufacturing. But would you be surprised to hear 11 fatalities in 2020-2021 occurred in the admin and support sector? So we're talking office work. We must not presume fatalities are linked to high-risk industries. If health and safety management is poor in any workplace, there is the potential for them to occur. What I want to do now is take a look at one of those causes that I come across in almost every environment I visit as part of my job, and that's falls from height. This can be easily overlooked as there's not a full understanding of when people are working at height, and it is assumed it only takes place in work like construction, or building or maintenance. Therefore, it's not fully assessed. I'll give you an example. It's in an office environment, it's Christmas time. Everyone wants to get in the Christmas spirit and put their decks up. One employee stands up on a desk. There you go. They're now working at height. If they fall, and the statistics show this, it could have fatal consequences. So what can we do to prevent it? In a nutshell, we need to be proactive. Our health and safety system needs to take into account all activities that could be completed by staff and ensure they are fully prepared with suitable training and equipment to complete the work. Now let's concentrate on workplace accidents. Each year, a labour force survey is completed by the Office of National Statistics. The Health and Safety Executive, all known as the HSC, the main enforcing body in the country, commissions questions on workplace illness and injury to be included. In addition, reporting of diseases and dangerous occurrence regulations, known as RIDOR, legally requires fatalities and certain non-fatal injuries to be reported. Now we'll cover the exact requirements of RIDOR in a future episode. This survey allows a comprehensive report to be compiled on what were the most common accidents occurring in the workplace. From the latest report, let's look at the five most commonly occurring causes of injury in the workplace and what you could do to reduce the likelihood of them occurring in your workplace. The first on the list is slips, trips and falls. Now these accounted for 33% of accidents. So let's try and define this a bit better. A person may slip on something or trip over an item or an object, which then results in a flaw. But why are these so prevalent and accounting for about a third of all the workplace accidents? Well, just think about it for a minute. Any workplace, no one is sitting still for the entire day. For whatever reason, they'll be moving around the place, whether it be to talk to colleagues, making a cuppa, visiting the bathroom, having a meeting. If these accidents are most prevalent, how do we go about stopping them? One way would be to stop people moving in the workplace. Not exactly a productive option. So we need to identify what causes these accidents and then put controls in place. So for slips, you want to be looking at things such as cleaning. When is it done? How is it done? Are cleaners leaving floors in a wet condition? High risk areas like toilets and kitchens where fluids could be spilled. Water ingress into a building. Imagine a rainy day. People walking in and out of the building, bringing the rain with them. There you've got a recipe for disaster. Nice slippy floor. Look at the shoes that staff wear. Are they sensible? Are they fit for purpose? Are they going to increase the chance of a slip? Extreme weather conditions. Imagine a snowy day. People walking in from your car park, ice everywhere. And floor surfaces themselves. Are they suitable for purpose or are they made of anti-slip material? For trips, you want to be looking at things such as 
The walkways people are using, are they maintained? Are they level? Are they even? The design of the walkways, are they big enough for the stuff that's going to be moved along there or the people that are going to be moved along there? Obstructions, are there cables dragged across gangways, items left in gangways where people will come in contact with them? The layout of your workplace, is it sensible? Is it logical? Where are desks placed? Conditions of stairs and steps, are they highlighted? Is there sufficient grip? Factors such as these need to be actively monitored at regular intervals. But how? Well, you may introduce workplace inspections, where you'll be able to identify issues firsthand. Alternatively, a reporting system could be used where staff can report issues and then actions can be taken. When it comes to the fall, the fall itself might not be dangerous. However, the injury could occur from what the person falls on too. But if we're controlling the slip and trip hazards, then we're reducing the likelihood of the fall occurring. So the second most common cause of accidents in the workplace is down to handling, carrying and lifting. And this accounted for 18% of all accidents. Again, we need to get a full understanding of what is involved here. This will encompass lifting, holding, carrying, pushing, pulling. And these are your main manual handling activities. This can be taken for granted and assumed that everyone can do it. But unless you have a full understanding of what your staff could be expected to lift, carry, hold, push or pull as part of their daily work, then the chances of an accident happening are high. When talking to clients, I ask how much manual handling their staff do. And commonly, I get a reply of, they don't do any. Then I delve a little deeper and ask questions like, what happens when you take a delivery? Or, how do staff restock the shelves? Then the light bulb moment occurs and they realise staff are doing a lot more than they thought. To try and reduce the risk, we need to look at four key factors. Firstly, we need to have a full understanding of what jobs need to be done as part of daily activities. Is it pushing or pulling a stack of cages in a supermarket? Or is it dealing with the delivery of office supplies? Secondly, we need to understand and appreciate the capabilities of the individuals doing the task and not just assume they can do it. The worst thing I hear when it comes to this is, well, I can do it, so they should be able to do it. Thirdly, we need to look at the items that are being lifted or moved and how this is best done. Is it a team lift? Do we need equipment to help, like a trolley? And lastly, we need to look at the environment which the lifting is taking place in. Is there enough space? Is the lighting good? Is it in good condition? The third most common accident in the workplace is being struck by a moving object, and this accounted for 10% of all accidents. Okay, if we look at the high risk environments like construction sites, there's a lot of moving objects, vehicles, equipment, machinery, and this is a lot more obvious. But what about the lower risk environments like offices and shops? Well, obviously moving objects, most people will think about in the workplace, is a car or a vehicle, and quite rightly so, because when vehicles and humans mix, there tends to be only one winner. That's why you have to have a clear understanding of what vehicles will be on or delivering to your workplace. How is the workplace organised to ensure vehicles and pedestrians can mix safely? Or could you organise delivery times out of hours so pedestrians aren't present? Now that is the most obvious moving object, but we also have to look at how items are stored so they don't fall. Also, if items need to be moved around the workplace, how is it done? What equipment is to be used? Trolleys, cages? Is it suitable to allowing persons pushing it or moving it clear visibility? Now, the fourth most common cause 
of injury in the workplace is down to violence, and this accounted for 8%. Now everyone will automatically think about physical violence when it comes to this, but it will also include verbal abuse and threats. Now depending on the sector you work in will determine how likely you or your staff are to be exposed to this, with customer-facing business being prime candidates. But don't take it for granted, disputes can happen in any work environment. With that in mind, we need a process in place to deal with disputes, or train staff to spot early signs of something that could escalate into something bigger. You may in some instances install means of staff summoning help and assistance, for example a panic button, or another example, such as the hospitality or entertainment industry, additional help is brought in, in the form of doorman. Now the fifth most common cause of injury in the workplace was falls from height, and this accounted for 8% of all injuries. As we stated right at the beginning, this one can be easily overlooked, but can have fatal consequences. Industry where this type of work is common, such as construction, maintenance, etc., you'll find, not always, that the work is properly assessed and planned, and the proper equipment is supplied. However, in other work environments, working at height is often the secondary task to the main one being completed. Now, what do I mean by that? Let's take an accountant's office, where the primary work is to crunch those numbers. But what about when the light bulb needs changing, or an item needs retrieving from a high shelf? More often than not, this will involve working at height. So, you have to take a broader view of all the jobs that you'll need to complete, not just the primary work completed by your business. So how could we complete work at height safely? Well, firstly, try and avoid it altogether. Design of equipment has changed over time, allowing certain jobs to be done from ground level without the need to work at height at all. Prime example, window cleaners. More often than not nowadays, you'll see window cleaners with extendable poles working from the ground. Perfect, if the window cleaner doesn't need to go on a ladder, then they can't fall off it. Okay, it can't always be avoided. Let's go back to our office example. So how will we do that safely? Well, firstly, educate the staff on what working at height is and when they might have to do it. Train them on how the work should be completed safely and how equipment is meant to be used correctly. Supply and importantly, maintain the correct equipment to do the job. For example, supplying a set of suitably rated step ladders will prevent people climbing on desks or a chair, which often have casters on it, which is never a good choice. What I've tried to do there is give you a quick overview of the most common causes of accidents in the workplace. And if you're listening, thinking, I want to know a little bit more about one of those topics, not to worry. We'll try and cover those in future episodes. So what have we learned? Basically, sometimes we have to get it wrong to make things right. Analyzing your accident data will give you valuable information to strengthen your health and safety management system. It will show you where accidents are most commonly happening in the workplace and what is causing them, allowing you to concentrate your focus and resources on future prevention. Ignoring the information that accident statistics gives us could be costly and could ultimately cost someone their life. We cannot expect everything to be perfect, but the key is learning valuable lessons when things go wrong. I will leave you with this quote from the Irish playwright George Bernard Shaw, which sums it up perfectly. Success does not consist in never making mistakes, but in never making the same one a second time. You've been listening to Safety Made Simple, our podcast series helping make the world of health and safety easier to understand and easier to implement. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover, then please get in touch using the hashtag SafetyMadeSimple or via our website at Praxis42.com.